0: welcome back everybody this is your host the boogeyman this is episode two of out from under the bed recording to you from the meouter limits at this time i would like to introduce to you my co-host master sedator she plays for the league phoenix roller derby and is part of one of the home teams. Called the Pretty Hate Machines. She is the captain of that squad. She is a paramedic with a big heart. And a very good leader. Always willing to take the opportunity to teach. She can deliver a very stiff body check when out on the track. When at the skate park, she can do some awesome stalls to fakies. I've even seen her do a no hands clam slam. So at this time, I would like to welcome my very lovely wife, Master Sedator, to the program, and as my co-host, say hello, Master Sedator.
1: Hello, out there from the outer limits.
0: So at this time, I would like to ask Master some questions so we can all get to know our very lovely co-host so master tell us what is the first memory you have roller skating
1: ooh that's a really good question um my first memory i have of roller skating is actually probably an inlines um I had inlines when I was a kid, and I remember renting inlines when I would go down the boardwalk on Venice Beach. Um, yeah, those were some fun times, and I do remember, though, being in quad skates, going around the skate rink um, in the 90s. So,
0: And was there a particular skate rink you frequented as a kid here in Arizona?
1: Oh, I can't remember the name of it, but it was off of like 12th Street and Greenway or something. Um, and it was a really good time and I remember going there on Friday nights and having Laffy Taffy and eating popcorn and skating around.
0: I'm going to have to have you speak up a little bit. I'm having trouble getting your audio. Okay. Okay, so can you tell us a little bit about the atmosphere of this rink you used to go to? Describe the inside of it.
1: I just really remember the smell of the popcorn in the air and the really bright colored floors and the tan skates with orange wheels on them.
0: The worst. (laughs) (laughs) Those things are the worst ever. (laughs) Bound to chew up your feet.
1: (laughs) I remember, actually, I remember the best thing about that night sometimes was the feeling your feet had when you finally took the skates off.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And if you were lucky enough, you had the option of the speed skates or the tan ones. Okay, so as an adult, what brought you back into roller skating?
1: Um, really, I was just trying to uh, find myself and find a group of people that I had fun with and enjoyed being around and it being in a team environment. And I just remember seeing it on Facebook and thinking, man, I really should do that.
0: And that was... That was roller derby, yes? Yes. So what league, the league at the time was called the Desert Dolls, and what made you or were you nervous when you went to your first practice? Describe your feelings pulling into the parking lot before walking into the warehouse for your first time.
1: Oh, I was really nervous. Um, (coughs) Excuse me. Um, I think it's one of those moments where like you sit there in your car and you don't even want to get out of your car and you're scared to walk inside and you don't even know who's going to be there, what they're going to be like, or if you're even going to do any good. (laughs) I was like Bambi. (laughs)
0: What was the skills that you had trouble with the first times you started doing them?
1: Oh, that's a good one. Um I remember turnaround toe stops owning me. Um and if it wasn't for plow stops, I'm pretty sure I'd be stopping by, like, landing into the wall most of the time. So, um, yeah, turnaround toe stops. I never thought I was ever going to get that.
0: <laughs> yeah, those are those are pretty rough. Um, you just kind of... It's almost like you're forcing your body around in, like, a direction you didn't think you were ever going to go in. And you have wheels tied to your feet. So it can be quite the learning process of doing those for sure. So during this intake process, when joining the league, how did that go? You felt welcomed by your potential new friends?
1: Oh, everybody was so welcoming um, that actually I knew that I was going to be signing up with them, Um, even though I was interested in checking out another derby league. I just had a feeling about them because they were so welcoming and so friendly. And I was so scared going to orientation thinking, um, I don't know how these people are going to Are they going to be scary and mean? I don't know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So were you familiar? You were familiar with roller derby before you, before you joined, right? Where did you um, see this glorious gladiator sport for the first time?
1: I remember seeing about when I was, I feel like 18 and it was at the castle and it was flat track. And I remember you, you just sit on the track, like you sit like 10 feet from the outside line and there's a band playing behind you. And it just was this kind of like really wild, different environment that was really exciting.
0: Yes, that that is also what drew me in the closeness of the fans to the track and like bands and stuff the outfits yeah that really that really did it i think that really does it for a lot of people for either an entertainment entertainment value or whatever they're going to get out of it it's roller derby is quite quite the sight to see when did you know that roller derby was for you and who was your biggest influence when you were a new skater, and why
1: oh wow that's a that's a good question Um I knew before I even went to orientation um and then I think before the first practice, I had already bought my own gear. Um, and didn't even try doing the rentals because I already knew I was going to be invested enough to want to be good at it because it just seemed like such a fun thing to do. Um, So I was, yeah, immediately 100% committed to Derby as soon as I walked into those warehouse doors. Um, I feel like my Derby influence... And like kind of like your first like derby crush of of watching someone skate and being like in awe of them and being like, I can't wait to learn how to skate like that was uh, Frida Kalore. And she just has such smooth footwork and does these amazing smooth turnaround toe stops while like at these really high speeds and I remember her just flying around and then just throwing a turnaround toast off and being like, I want to be like her.
0: Frida is quite the athlete. I love having her as a league mate. What is the genesis of your name, Master Sedator? How did you come up with that?
1: Oh, so I'm a psych paramedic, and I've been in the field for six years now, and um, one of the things that we have to do with behavioral patients when they are in a psychosis is sedate them, Um, so I kind of wanted to play off of my profession and kind of make something really punny and borderline vulgar, but also make sense <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> and I just remember saying that name to people and people immediately laughing and just being like that's that's my name <laughs> and also by the way um. I, you know, you don't realize it, but when you're picking your derby name, you pick like your derby name and then what people are going to call you on the track. And that's like not anything I really took into consideration until I mentioned my name at practice. And uh, I said, yeah, so I'll just go by sedator. So that would be really weird to go by master. And everybody laughed so hard. And uh, your mom just stopped and looked at me and goes, nope, you are master now. (laughs) So I kind of I picked my derby name, but your mom was pretty um, insistent on calling me master. So that's how that all worked out.
0: And by your mom, not meaning my mom, meaning the local, in my mind, legend, Your mom with AZRD, formerly with us, the Phoenix Roller Derby, formerly Desert Dolls. That, your mom, yes?
1: Yes, you are mom, number eight. She She... is hilarious. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Mom! (laughs) Yeah, she is the best. Who is a player from... Because we have done a lot of mashups over the past couple of years, a player from any particular league or even a league member you can throw in there that you like to partner with during scrimmages, games, or bouts, what have you?
1: Oh, that's a really good one. Um, You know it has been really cool playing uh, mashups with people from other leagues and uh you know i i pray um that i don't play against her um and so when she's on my team i get so pumped because she's such an awesome track partner but uh cryptic callie from uh the Arizona Derby Dames she is a rad track partner and i feel like both of us on the track makes it a little challenging to get around.
0: And other than Callie being a adversary, who would you, who would you put as your biggest on-track adversary? Like you are always going to have a problem with, not with them, say like you're going to fight them or anything like that, but you're going to try your best either to get in their way, pester them, challenge them in a way, and who challenges you the most as an adversary
1: oh that's a that's a tough one um, I would say one of the one of the people who has been such an influence in my kind of like derby, you know, growth, um, is, was my original captain, Jacqueline Hyde for the Pretty Hate Machines. Um, whether I was on the track with her or going up against her, she always challenged me to be better. And, um, she would throw me into A lot of really challenging situations and um, really teach me basically strategy and why things were done a certain way. So a lot of what I've learned and and a lot of uh, taking some really good hits and having to get up repeatedly and just give everything you got and show how much heart you have on the track is because I just cannot get past her for the life of me.
0: Jacqueline Hyde is an influence to many, myself included. Phoenix Roller Derby, we are a USARS roller derby league. What do you like about USARS? And if you had the ability to change anything you wanted about it, what would you change?
1: Oh, there are so many things I like about USARS. Um... I like uh, that. I like that there's no stopping on the track, mainly because um, it keeps us going. But it's it's a challenge to not go fast, and it's something that's always like in the back of your mind, and something you're always going to have to pull your team together and rally on the fact of like, you need to slow it down. And it's almost a challenge to make it to have to be slower than you think it should be. Um, So that's definitely one of the things I like about USARS. Um, I also like the pivot position in USARS and how you can use that role the way it works in USARS is a really good strategy out on the track as well.
0: And there's nothing that you would change about USARS if you had the ability?
1: <sighs> no, not really anything I can think of. Not off the top of my head.
0: All right, all right. We can always circle back to that. Cross training. What kind of cross training really prepares you for roller derby?
1: Oh, legs a lot of uh a lot of squats um a lot of agility with legs as far as um, jumping and and such like that um but also um street skating really I think using street skating and then taking that onto the track was um, just made me a better player and a better skater and made me not worry about my feet so much because I'm just I can shift my weight from foot to foot easily without losing my balance so it made me just not worry so much about my feet and I got to actually start thinking about playing roller derby instead of worrying about not falling
0: yes street skating will definitely do that for you out on the track um I am a 12-year street skater for the most part. And I really believe that's what helped with my agility as well, out playing roller derby and being able to concentrate on skating instead of what my feet were doing for the most part. All right, so that brings us to... You mentioned the positions in roller derby. What position do you like to play the most and why is that?
1: Oh man. Um I I love being a blocker. Um <clears throat> And I feel like that's kind of like my my main thing. But as I've progressed and um, gained some more confidence in myself, um, I really like pivoting because it's just one of those things that um, pivoting really just takes a kind of determination um, to just really trust that your team is going to help you score some points while stopping their lead scorer from scoring some points. So it's, it's kind of a fun game to play in that position.
0: Can you remember the best game that you had and what made it the best game?
1: I feel like the best game that I had was the pretty hate machine championship game. Um, it was the first season I got drafted into and I I got drafted halfway through the season. So I didn't even play a full season at that point, but I remember the championship game, everything clicked and just made sense. And I was just right where I was supposed to be. Um, And knocking down people right when I needed to be there. And my timing was just on point that day.
0: Yes, I remember watching that game. You were on fire that evening. You did a very good job for your rookie season as well. And from what I saw in the progression from your first game to that game was you were no longer afraid to go trucking through your blocks and that's that was a very fun progression to see and being your league mate and your husband playing with and against you over the past couple of years that's been a fun progression to see as well and it makes me very proud to see that cuz you're fucking badass okay so that brings me to my next question or my next, you know, my next question, I guess. I mentioned the fact that me and you play together. So that means our league, Phoenix Roller Derby, is an open gender league. Can you tell me, can you tell us, the audience, what are your feelings about playing open gender roller derby? Oh,
1: I love playing open gender roller derby. It's uh it's challenging um it brings out a different intensity to the game and makes you makes you better makes you a better player um you I don't know there's just something about um playing against guys and kind of learning um, your limits as a skater and how much impact you really are able to take um, once you learn how to absorb hits properly and and that type of thing. So really, really makes you a better player all around playing against um, different genders.
0: Playing with males, was that for your first experience was that nerve wracking going into it for you even as a new skater and then new to roller derby and then being new to open gender roller derby all at the same time was that a shaking up or a nerve wracking experience for you
1: I never really even thought of it in that kind of a way, just because I think, like, um, the people I had training me um, aren't the type of people who hold back as well. So, for example, Queenie and Hyde um there are times where they hit harder than any guys I've played against and (laughs) getting blindsided by one of them is not a good time. So um, really in the end, it's not anything that I worry about because, you know, no matter what gender, if you have the timing right and the fundamentals down and you follow through, you're going to deliver a pretty (laughs) not pain-free hit (laughs) kind of kind of like wrestling where where it looks fake but like it's still pain it's painful (laughs) especially them bony ones oh the bones in my shoulders and their hip bones they poke you
0: yes absolutely over the years of playing derby here in phoenix i've played a lot of open gender, co-ed roller derby. And I have been rocked by female athletes. I mean, smaller than I am. I'm a male of like 145 pounds and about five foot nine these days. And I remember that Sour Apple Appletainey from the Derby Dames hit me so hard in my ribs during a bank track scrimmage. I thought she broke them, and I believe that lady's all of, like, four foot ten. So, yeah, the stigma of Open Gender Roller Derby, it really makes me happy that this day in 2023 and over the past couple of years, it's been melting away here Locally and or otherwise. So this brings me to what are your goals in 2023 for roller derby and the upcoming season with the league Phoenix roller derby?
1: Um, one of, one of my main goals this season is going to be to jam more. Um, I've been working at it in practice and in scrimmages, and I think I'm better than I think I am at it. So I should probably just, I don't know, I should probably just try it out in games, see how many points I score. I mean, what is there to lose at that point?
0: (laughs) Well, I hope to see some of that jamming coming up here soon. So being my wife, you and I have had many adventures. Those include the skate park, park skating during the height of the pandemic. A lot of us roller skaters either in my case started park skating again, or in your case was doing it for the first time. When you were going out to the skate parks by yourself for those first few times, can you tell us what were your experiences as a new park skater, dealing with skateboarders, scooter kids, even being permitted to be there in your aggressive roller skates?
1: Um well, uh, to be honest, when I first started park skating. Um, it's back to that, like, anxiety of, like, your first practices and thinking that you're not quite sure if you belong there and you're just worried that everybody's looking at you thinking, like, you're in roller skates and you look stupid or something. Um, But, uh, and I remember just kind of skating around the outside of the park for the most part being really just too nervous to do anything but i guess i'm glad i at least put on my gear and and skated out there um in the meantime but it's weird too because during the pandemic um a lot of the the signs at skate parks um, say that quad skates aren't permitted um, when it's essentially the, the same equipment as a skateboard. Um, and so I remember trying to go to PV skate park one day, and um, this was during COVID when they had kind of like monitors to make sure there were only so many people in the park at a time um, to prevent overcrowding. And this lady stopped me from entering and basically asked me if I was going to be on roller skates and that they were not permitted. And, and I was trying to explain to her, I'm like, there, it's the same, it's actually literally the same trucks as a skateboard. I have, I have penny trucks, like they came from off a skateboard. Um, and she kicked me out and did not let me skate that day. And I remember even I was walking out to my car and a skateboarder came up to me and he was like, did she really not let you in here? And I was like, nope, she's, she did not. I guess I'm going to go to, go over to Union.
0: Well, yeah, she obviously didn't know those issues were already covered. Um, I forget the year, but shout out to Casey Carnage for really shining the light on this issue of roller skates in the skate park cuz there was only a few of us back uh like I said I can't remember the year off the top of my head but locally there was just a few, a handful of us that park skate in our quad skates and um that was the issue back then and that's why I was surprised when you called me and you were like this fucking lady has just told me I can't be here and then I informed you about what this that's been fucking covered already like I don't know but it's good that more and more quad skaters are enjoying the skate parks these days so tricks and other things when you were learning those dropping in is always the most nerve-wracking experience for any skater you're standing there on the edge of the coping even if it's the shortest bowl or the shortest little quarter wall, it looks so fucking tall when you're standing up there. Can you explain the feeling of how it feels for your first time of throwing your foot over the coping and then just submitting to gravity and going down that vert wall?
1: Ugh. I feel like that's one of the most terrifying things I've ever tried to do. It seemed so terrifying at the time. Um, I just, uh, I mean, I don't know if I remember the exact first time I dropped or attempted to drop in. But I do remember a lot of my legs getting really tired while standing at that edge trying to just the balls to step over the coping <laughs> that was rough.
0: so after you were able to do that can you explain the rush that you get continuously now that you are able to drop in on stuff that's a little higher than what you started can you explain to people that may have haven't done it before or that have no idea what you're talking about. Can you explain that? That exhilaration. When you drop in.
1: Oh it's kind of. It's the best feeling in the world. It's you. Just stepping over the coping. And kind of leaning forward. And just almost like surrendering to gravity. And um you feel like such a badass, <laughs> and anytime I drop in on anything, it doesn't even matter how tall it is, I feel like such a badass.
0: <laughs> so, what's the tallest you've dropped in personally, and what's the tallest as of right now? Would you <coughs> not even want to within? realistic standards like I know you're not going to just fly in off like a fucking 15 footer but yes. would you give something that say maybe six to eight feet of dance given your confidence level
1: let me let me first ask you this because this brings up a really um borderline traumatizing experience but how tall was that rolling at that kayenta <laughs> <laughs> Because that was so tall and so painful. <laughs> and I had no business
0: doing that. <laughs> oh my god. I don't know. Maybe it was like maybe 10 feet, That's 9 what, feet tall. Yeah, I'd have to 10. like look at the pictures for reference. But... <laughs> Yeah, I remember you just going down that thing, and it's like it just threw you forward towards the bottom of it. It was the strangest thing. What a ramp I've ever seen a ramp do to another person. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know. It was like it just collapsed Uh, you at the bottom. Yeah. So speaking of Kayenta and skate parks, what skate park, either locally or anyone that we've been to, be your first favorite, and why would that be
1: oh ooh i I think Union hills is my first favorite.
0: Is that because of the layout of the park? Because that is my favorite concrete local park for sure as well. Even though I broke my leg there, I still love it.
1: Yeah, um, that, that layout is set up pretty well. There's a lot of stuff to do, no matter what your skill level is. There's always something to learn there. And back real quick to that. Um, Other question about comfortably dropping in. Um, I mean, like, I'd, I'd comfortably drop in at six feet.
0: Six feet. All right. All right. Yeah. yeah, I think um, that's where my comfort level would be.
1: Any higher than that, it starts turning into a vert. I'm second guessing all my life choices. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, all right, master, my master. Anything else you would like to... um? Like to share with the uh with the audience? Um oh wait.
1: Yeah.
0: I got some questions, some random questions. Oh, you're into aliens and spaceships and such. If you were ever abducted by aliens where would you want them to take you
1: oh like like anywhere anywhere
0: yeah like anywhere like say would you want to go back to their home planet or maybe somebody else's or maybe i don't know spain who knows (laughs) wherever you wanted to go where would you want them to take you like
1: they they pick me up and drop me off in australia like we just can we make a pit stop in Australia and then we like head to like Jupiter?
0: Yeah, because they're like cool and shit. They'll only probe you if you want. Like, I might take a probe and if I <laughs> ever get abducted, it might make the ride like way more fun too. <laughs> um, especially if they're like cool and they're like kicking it. But yeah, so like where you're just kicking it with these aliens, you would just Go to Australia and other places.
1: I don't know. Like cause they, just, I would just want to be shuttled to like other planets. Check those out.
0: Check those out. Maybe. Yeah. Try some of the.
1: But there's a the lot of cool stuff there. to see
0: out there. There, I think there is. We live out here at the Meowder Limits, and just staring up here at the sky because we're currently out here by the fire in the driveway. And uh, there is a lot of stuff to look at. You can only imagine what's out there. Animals. Can you tell the audience who they might hear from time to time over the podcast who might be barking?
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Tell us about Mr. Kratos and Lila.
1: So Mr. Kratos, um, tiny bark dog. Um. He is obviously a god of war. Um, all, all fourteen pounds of him. Um, he is a uh, a little white, like what Maltese Shih Tzu type fluffy pup. And then uh, we got Lila the werewolf. Um, she more dark bark. Um, but like yeah. You might not hear her. She got a low bark. But being sometimes she likes to say hi to people.
0: Yes. She might say hi from time to time. Right now she's just relaxing out here on her little bed by the fire. All right, everybody. Well, I hope you enjoyed the introduction into my very lovely co-host, Master Sedator. So this wraps up our program for the evening. We are recording at nighttime. This is Saturday, January 7th. This is the reminder to all, please look twice and save a life. Motorcycles are everywhere. This is Master Sedator and Boogeyman returning back under the bed, but never back into the closet. Enjoy your evening, folks. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.
1: Bye.